Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Friendly disclaimer time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with any of the media that we review or critique. We wholeheartedly support our fellow creatives at the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And at the end of the day, we're just really big fans. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and buckle up, fans, because we've got an explosive episode ahead. And when I say explosive, I mean, we're talking all things Oppenheimer with our good friend Brian from Zero Dark Nerdy. Welcome back, friend. Hey, glad to be back. I have to say, when I saw the trailer for Oppenheimer, my curiosity was piqued, but I didn't think the hype would be as big as it was for this film because it was coming out the same weekend as Barbie. I did not think it stood a chance. And then when the writer strike happened, the actor strike happened and theaters were scrambling to get folks back into the theater and Mm -hmm. shipping it as the summer's loveliest movie couple in Mm -hmm. 2023, I was like, okay, maybe this is worth the time, energy and resources. And it totally was. It was a very long movie. But it was phenomenal. I was very impressed with it. How about you? I mean, anytime Christopher Nolan's attached to something, my my interest is already going to be peaked. I mean, uh, to me, the guy is uh, just a phenomenal director. I mean, he's up there, in my opinion, with the Scorsese's and Spielberg's of the world, when especially when it comes to original content, for the exception of the Batman trilogy, which is really his main thing that, that he's done that wasn't. Mm-hmm. an original ip just what he did with that and of course you got interstellar i mean inception i've been a big fan of his ever since the machinist i was definitely interested I, I started doing a little bit of research on oppenheimer it was a good film was it a little bit long in the tooth for me yeah you know three hours right. that's a lot to ask for <laughs> you know i felt like it was maybe 30 minutes too long i think if it was two and a half hours it would have been just a, a stellar perfect film but Agreed. i enjoyed it you know uh just like you mentioned i mean i think the very unique collaboration of like the Barbenheimer hype that right. was helping build the cinema action really did help compel this story. And I mean, I just went to the movie theaters just this past weekend and I mean, Barbie's out there still crushing it. Yeah. Oh. Big shot to Greta, you know, first female director to hit a billion at the box office. That's awesome. Oh no, I'm, I'm for it. I really am. Love that Barbie's <laughs> been super successful and I don't want to say Oppenheimer rode the coattails because it's a fascinating story. Shipping these two movies together was a brilliant marketing tactic. And I can't help but that's really helped them in the long run. I was fascinated by the trailer. Did you ever see A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe? That's the kind of vibe I was getting initially from this. I was like, oh, we're going to see his early days. We're going to understand the psychology behind why he built it. And it went totally in a completely different direction. But not mad at it. But that's what... I initially thought I signed up for, and I was completely wrong. Pleasantly surprised, but completely wrong. <laughs> well, yep, same, same here. I think between, honestly, between both films, between Barbie and, and Oppenheimer, I didn't really know what I was signing up for. Okay. And, I, mean, I enjoyed both. I mean, if, if, I, if you have to, if I have to choose one, I mean, to me, I think Barbie is like the movie of the year so far. Same. It, it was just fantastic. You know, you got the, one of the hottest directors for a minute, and then Greta, who's just been building and building and building since Lady Bird and everything mm-hmm. else. You know, she's been a 24 alumni herself. Right. So uh, 
know, I think after this, she's definitely going to be in that Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg status to where it's just like, hey, here's my idea. Just go ahead and cut me a check and I'm going to make it good. And I can't help but think per the writer and actor strike, I hope we have an Oscar season. I hope we have an award season. It's looking grim, but I'd hate to see the talent get ignored when they've contributed so much to this year. So, or we just halt it. And similar to the pandemic, maybe we do it at home. I don't know. (laughs) I'll ask you this. What kind of history buff are you? (laughs) Back up a little bit. My favorite class in school was always history. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's something that I've always been interested in. Am I a huge buff? Am I going to be able to go on Jeopardy and knock out a history round? Probably not. Like even on my trivia nights, (laughs) when I'm doing a round that's history based, I learn a lot more. I do appreciate history because I mean, I, you know, we all have to start somewhere Mm -hmm. and who are we without our past, right? Right. So with that being said, I'm not a gigantic history buff where I could sit here and rattle off facts and and figures and data and numbers Mm -hmm. you know i know enough to get by i think probably some of my favorite time periods is like medieval times you know uh, not not, not the restaurant right (laughs) but (laughs) the dark ages right uh you know obviously it gives me my my uh my appreciation for for shows like game of thrones and things like that crusades uh the holy crusades is always an interesting time for me so i'm one of those people to where i'm not like a huge history buff per se but i'm always interested in the conversation like i i want to learn and i want to absorb so as I mentioned, when Oppenheimer came out, I did do a little bit of like research because I didn't, I, besides the fact that he invented the atomic bomb, I didn't know anything about him at all whatsoever. So this movie was incredibly insightful for me because I didn't understand and really know like his connection to the communist party and just kind of how he felt about it, where he kind of reminded me a little bit of myself where I'm just like, look, you know, believe in what you want to believe in. Like, I'm not saying that I'm all the way in. I'm curious to, to know what your thoughts are on it. And mm-hmm. then I'll kind of make my decision based on that. So it was really great to see that aspect of it, um, you know, primarily just because it, it, it was good to see more about the history of this gentleman and what he was going through and what it took for him to get there. So I guess to answer your question, I'm not a gigantic history buff, but I have a very deep appreciation for history. Okay. So like on a scale of one to 10, what would you call yourself? <laughs> I would probably say six. I have to say I was very late to the party when it came to all things history it mm-hmm. took for a season of the tutors for me really okay. to get hooked and i'm not saying it was because henry cavill was in it that was an added bonus but yeah. when that came out i was still late to the party i didn't watch it till like 2010 i felt like a late bloomer to mm-hmm. history and i was like oh wow this really is adulting this is why is my brain all of a sudden fascinated by this and it's right. not pop culture but it is yeah. history which yeah. king henry the story I was absolutely fascinated by. Then we had The Crown and there's so many things. We had Marco Polo and then Netflix started putting out all the the Medici storyline yeah. and oh the the Borgia Pope, all these yeah. fascinating historical pieces. And I don't know, I just felt like I was super late to the party and my brain just didn't come into history <laughs> or on its own until I was in my mid to late 20s. So, but we're here now and I loved That's Oppenheimer. Right. I'd probably give myself also a six or a seven. Depending on the storyline, I also Googled the ish out of this. How much of this was actually historically accurate? Right. And a good portion of it, I felt the movie was very diplomatic towards him. Yeah. And versus what history has painted him as. And yeah, it it was really good. It was really good. So I have some casting for you. Let's do it. All right. Up for casting as J. Robert Oppenheimer. We have Killian Murphy Mm -hmm. as Kitty Oppenheimer. We have Emily Blunt. 
as Leslie Groves, we have Matt Damon. As Louis Strauss, we have RDJ, a.k.a. Robert Downey Jr. As Robbie, we have David Krumholtz. As Albert Einstein, we have Tom Conti. As Ernest Lawrence, we have Josh Hartnett. And as Gene Tatlock, we have Florence Pugh. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? You know, I always love some tea with you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the show, folks, where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched Oppenheimer... Get your butt to a theater, and we're about to spoil it for you. That being said, there were so many fascinating storylines. I could not choose one. What was the most fascinating storyline to you? I think the one thing I didn't know much about even going back, mm-hmm. but uh, Florence Pugh's portrayal of Jean, is it Tatlock? Yes. You say it? That, that was interesting, just seeing that aspect of it and her performance. I mean, she's just fantastic. I mean, I can't wait to see her in Dune Part 2 this, this Christmas. The women, I thought, between her... And, you know, of course, Emily Blunt playing Kitty. I thought their two storylines were outstanding, to be honest with you, because these two women were very instrumental in Oppenheimer's life. Of course, yes. Kitty in, I think this was what, like her fourth marriage or something like yeah. that? Which is crazy for back in the day. This was really frowned upon. And then the fact that this was like her fourth husband right. on top of that was, was crazy. So seeing how these two women had such an effect on his life, I thought were the two best storylines, in my opinion, in the whole movie. They were very close seconds for me. I was absolutely fascinated behind Louis Strauss's motivation to take down Oppenheimer. Had no idea who this guy was. And yet I was just so invested in the storyline. I was like, why are you so bitter? What happened to make you this angry to be here and completely drag down Oppenheimer? And I'm like, is it the communist side of this? Like, help me understand And when they slowly reveal that slow burn of what made him do what he did, I was like, oh, wow, this is savage. All right. Yep. And they got the right guy to do it. Did you see any plot holes or like storylines that you just weren't crazy about? (laughs) Um, No. You know, as I mentioned, I thought it got a little bit along in the end there with the Louis Strauss thing. But then, of course, in in true Christopher Nolan fashion, brought it all together. yeah, I, I wouldn't say any too many plot holes. I know a lot of people pointed out the the one scene with the American flags, and they all oh. had fifty stars. And at that point, there weren't fifty states yet. Okay. Which I'm like, you know, I mean, the guy's already got so much on his plate. Right. You know, I'm sure the last thing he's worried about is that. And I mean, they're little flags too. You know, so they're not huge flags, but people being people, and a lot, you know, some of us have more time on our hands than others have actual time to go through and do slow motion and everything else. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say any plot holes just off the top of my head now. I don't know if I'm just being picky here, but when they first dropped the test bomb and you have the one scientist that's wearing sunscreen, like that's <laughs> right. gonna, yeah. and the other scientist who's in his car, and he's like, oh, it's UV protected. And I was like, you think that's going to protect you? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of degree do you have, sir? You just put a bomb together and yet you can't figure out that the side effects of what you guys are about to drop isn't going to kill you or have some long-term side effects. And I realized it was brand new tech for for that time. And they didn't know what they really signed up for when they were creating it. They were like, well, we hope it doesn't blow up the world. That was the underlining scary issue. And I was like, oh, that's what was going through their minds. Okay. That's terrifying. It was done very well, but... Also, I don't know, the way that they showed Oppenheimer's PTSD and, again, the side effects of what happened to the folks in Japan. Right. And I was like, why aren't you showing the side effects of what it would have done to the scientists here in the U.S. with with that test bomb? But also showing the moral compass of 
of Oppenheimer in that process. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, which I kind of think is part of, it, it looks like a stretch. I was like, you knew the capabilities that you could possibly blow up the world. And now you feel bad yeah. about it. <laughs> Help me understand. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh man, I wish I didn't have this like beautiful brain to destroy the world. But here we are. It's like pinky in the brain. I know how to do it. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have great ideas. And then I think it gets even scarier when you can actually realize that your idea can become a reality. How often does that stuff actually get to come into light? So mm-hmm. I think it was the, obviously the excitement and challenge of can we do it? And then when they figure out that they could, then then becomes a PTSD. It's the, holy shit, we did it. It went yeah. from, you know, just kind of theory to reality. Now this is why I'm like baffled and going through all this stuff because I'm sure there's a, you know, a big part of them that didn't think that it'd be able to happen. Right. Yeah. Or they were thinking absolute worst case scenario, like what if this does blow up the world? And right. Gross is like, wait, there's a chance for this? What? Yeah. Yeah. Why wasn't I brought in on this loop (laughs) to get back to the character storylines? Because there were so many good character Mm storylines who stood out the most. And again, I was super torn because I'm right there with you. I thought Kitty's storyline was phenomenal. I had no idea what her background was. Same with Jean Tatlock. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like these two women influenced this man and Mm -hmm. were so key in his story. And again, big brain, big ego. This guy gets these two women. Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) And I was like, there weren't a lot of comedians back then. So, but you know, back then was very attractive as a, as a beautiful mind. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And when Jean get, you know, unalives herself, Mm. the, the toll it took on him while he's in the process of building this bomb was not expecting to see that storyline at all. And I think to see the female influence on such a strong male figure is important to cover. And I'm glad they did cover it. Uh, Agreed. I mean, I think behind every great person period, there is a fantastic significant other attached to them for the most part, especially when it comes to to history and and things like that, especially this time period. You know, there's not a lot of like single people out there taking over the world. (laughs) So (laughs) whether, you know, um, I would probably say the one thing that, I knew nothing about and that I was super interested in was his relationship with with Ernest Lawrence, who was played by Josh Hartnett. I think Josh Hartnett is probably one of the most underrated actors of our generation, period. I mean, this guy's been crushing it since the 90s. Pearl Harbor, man. Yeah. Oh, to the faculty, to everything Mm -hmm. he's done lately. What's the what's the one show he has? Penny Dreadful. Oh, yeah. I've yet to see him in anything where I'm like, "Eh, he wasn't that great. I just right. think he's a, he's a tremendous talent that doesn't get appreciated. So I, I like that camaraderie because, again, doing a little bit of homework on it, I saw mm-hmm. where, you know, Oppenheimer was teaching, and I believe it was Berkeley. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's where he, he pretty much met Ernest Lawrence and then their relationship and how they collaborated with classrooms and students, and then they had, like, a little falling off and then coming mm-hmm. back into it. So that was a really cool storyline that I don't think, I mean, unless it, you're a, a – pure like a purist when it comes to Oppenheimer history right that a lot of people knew all right serious question time <laughs> all right what historical timepiece do you want to see hit the big screen next as much as I did not enjoy the, this movie and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so gonna contradict myself because Josh Hartnett is in this film I think you know oh, where I'm yeah. going with it. I would like to see a better Pearl Harbor film okay you know 
it's a Michael Bay film. You know, it's just action, action, action. Right. Not a whole lot in there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a terrible film. It's not his worst film by any means. And I'm talking about Michael Bay when I say this, that I think right. I thought the performances were good. Cuba Gooding Jr. was fantastic in it. I wouldn't mind a, a better and more accurate Pearl Harbor film, especially everything that happened after Pearl Harbor, where okay. it looked, you know, especially on the West Coast, it just seemed like from everything I've read and seen that especially the West coast came together almost like we did as a country after, after nine 11. Right. You know, like the day after nine 11 is the most patriotic I've ever seen this country since I've been born and I'm 43 years old. You know, and I wish it was like that every day. And now mm -hmm. it's unfortunate because people just tear each other apart on social media and everything's left wing, right wing chicken wings. I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's all over the place. So it, it's unfortunate, but I mean, that was the one time where I remember it was like us literally against the world. Like you do not mess with America. And that's how Pearl Harbor felt like at that time. That, and I mean, I, I, I am a big fan of anything like ancient Greek, Roman, stuff like that. Oh, okay. I, I did enjoy Rome on HBO, and it was only two seasons long, but mm -hmm. I think that they did everything that they possibly could between the rise of Julius Caesar and then everything with Mark Anthony and Cleopatra after that. Yeah. So it, it would be great to, you know, see something else in that time frame. I love where you went with this. <laughs> I went in a completely different direction. Okay, so, I mean, we mentioned World War II. And while I think it's too soon to like have a Putin biopic, yeah. I want to see, okay, the common denominators from Stalin, Mussolini, and Hitler, because we said never again after those three. Right. But yet right. here we are in today's world, and we have Putin, Trump, Kim Jong-un, and Bolsonaro. And I want to know right. the common denominators, like what happened in history for these four to come into power. Right. And like yeah. two are being prosecuted right now, but like, these other two still alive and kicking, going hard. Yeah. And yeah. it's not that nobody's questioning it. It's how did we get here? Yeah. And what are the traits from these three that we overlooked that we said, this could never happen again. And yet here we are. I want to see yeah. that documentary or that, that play out on the big screen and, yeah. and understand because don't get me wrong. I love drunk history. I would love a drunk history take on this. <laughs> If we could get that, that would, so and make it that. a comedy and be like, well, we're here yeah. now and yeah. and see where we land. I don't know. And like, I don't know, maybe have it narrated by aliens. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's where we're at now, right? You know, yeah. Aliens exist, even though we've always known it. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. That's a very good point. I'm really glad you said that. I mean, it'd be great to see that. I think that's something that would definitely be more of a series than a movie. This was a visually stunning film. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you kind of made me go see it. I love this. And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients with a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With three locations in Southern California, Tax Pros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at TaxPros, taxprose.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated or promoted by the following. Christopher Nolan, the Oppenheimer Film Crew, anything we talked about today, any government relations, anything along those lines, we are not affiliated with in the history of affiliations. <laughs> uh, that being said, we're just really big fans. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.